Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Matthew 22. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would understand as we read today. Jesus is so wise. We pray that you would grant us some wisdom to understand. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 22. And continuing, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man, a king, who gave a wedding celebration for his son. And he sent his slaves to summon those who had been invited to the wedding celebration, and they did not want to come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding celebration. But they paid no attention and went away, this one to his field, that one to his business, and the others, seizing his slaves, mistreated them and killed them. And the king was angry and sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding celebration is ready, but those who had been invited were not worthy. Therefore, go out to the places where the roads exit the city and invite to the wedding celebration as many people as you find. And those slaves went out into the roads and gathered everyone whom they found, both evil and good. And the wedding celebration was filled with dinner guests. But when the king came in to see the dinner guests, he saw a man there not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here not having wedding clothes? But he could say nothing. Then the king said to the servants, Tie him up, hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went and consulted, so that they could entrap him with a statement. And they sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in truth, and you do not care what anyone thinks, because you do not regard the opinion of people. Therefore, tell us what you think. Is it permitted to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But because he knew their maliciousness, Jesus said, Hypocrites, why are you testing me? Show me the coin for the tax. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore give to Caesar the things of Caesar, and to God the things of God. And when they heard this, they were astonished and they left him and went away. On that day Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came up to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said if someone dies without having children, his brother is to marry his wife and father descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers with us, and the first died after getting married, and because he did not have descendants, he left his wife to his brother. So also the second and the third up to the seventh. And last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her as wife. But Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. Now, concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, who said, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, 
and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowds heard this, they were amazed at his teaching. Now, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they assembled at the same place, and one of them, a legal expert, put a question to him to test him. Teacher, which command is greatest in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were assembled, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, David's. He said to them, How then does David, by the Spirit, call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him any more questions. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. Matthew 22 starts with a parable that is on the same subject as we were covering in chapter 21, what God is going to do about the Jewish leaders who are not producing fruit. Now, he doesn't use the word fruit in the parable, but you'll see it's, it's really the same subject. The parable talks about a king who has a wedding feast and invites the usual high-class guests, but none of them want to come, and they actually mistreat the king's slaves, killing some of them. So the king destroys their city. But he still wanted to have the wedding, so he invited anyone he could find to the wedding. But just being invited isn't the end of the matter. They had to wear wedding clothes, and so we have this man there who isn't wearing the wedding clothes, and he gets thrown out. And verse 14 says, For many are called, but few are chosen. The idea here is that God is going to destroy Jerusalem because the Jews are rejecting Jesus and really all the prophets, And then God is going to allow anyone, the Gentiles, non-Jews, us, into the kingdom. So since we are invited, we need to put on the wedding clothes of good works, or you might say, fruits. So the Jewish leaders recognize that Jesus has been speaking these parables against them, and they want to take Jesus down, since Jesus is popular with the people. So the Pharisees first send to him some of their students, their disciples, So these are not the elite. They won't be people that Jesus recognizes as the top Pharisees. And maybe they can get past him. They send them with the Herodians. Now, the Herodians and the Pharisees wouldn't normally get along very well. But they are gathering together for this one purpose of getting Jesus taken down. The Herodians, they supported Herod, which was supporting the Romans. Normally, they would fall on either side of this question about the taxes. But that's the point here. Whichever way Jesus answers, he's going to get in trouble with one group or the other. If he says, don't pay taxes, then the Herodians can go tell Herod, and then maybe Jesus can be arrested and taken off the scene. If he says, pay taxes to Caesar, then the Pharisees can tell everybody, look, you don't want to believe in Jesus. He tells us to follow the Romans instead of following God. So they want to get him in trouble either way. 
So they start by buttering Jesus up, telling him, oh, we know that you you don't listen to anybody, but you're just going to tell us the truth. So we just want to know the truth here. And Jesus sees right through it. So he says, show me a coin. All right, whose picture is on the coin? Caesar. All right, well, then give it to Caesar because it's his. Give to God the things that are his. And of course, we know we are all in the image of God. So he's not saying follow the Romans instead of God. He's saying pay for what you are using of the Roman stuff, but don't stop giving to God what God deserves. So they left, and the Sadducees take their shot. They don't believe in the resurrection. They only believe the first five books of the Old Testament, the five books of the Law of Moses. They don't find the resurrection in those books, so they don't believe in the resurrection. Now, again, this would put them at odds with the Pharisees who did believe in the resurrection, but they're willing to take Jesus down any way they can. So here the Sadducees come, and they tell this story, which is intended to make fun of the idea of the resurrection. And I assume they've used this story with Pharisees in the past to confound them. So they tell Jesus this story, and Jesus says, You're mistaken because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. And he goes on to explain that people don't get married in the resurrection. So their conundrum is a silly thing. It's not making fun of resurrection. They just came up with a silly example. And then he goes to Exodus chapter 3, which is in those first five books of the law, and shows that that does imply that there is a resurrection. Then the Pharisees come back. Now they send a lawyer. A lawyer is an expert in the law of Moses, not like a lawyer we think of today. So they send someone who's an expert in the law of Moses to ask a type of question that they love to argue. So they want to get Jesus on their turf so they can discredit him a bit here. They ask him, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And of course, this can lead to endless arguments. But Jesus cuts right to the heart of what the law is all about. He says, it's all about loving God and then loving your neighbor. And they don't have any response. They can't get into an endless argument from that. So since the Pharisees had assembled to test Jesus, he turns the tables and asks them a question. He starts by asking an obvious question that they can easily answer. Whose son is the Messiah? The Christ. Same word as Messiah. It's just Greek versus Hebrew. So whose son is the Messiah? Well, everybody knows it's David's son, so they answer that. And then he takes them to Psalm 110, where David refers to the Messiah as Lord, thus making the Messiah above David. However, all Jews would know, sons are not above fathers. This is a conundrum, and the Pharisees have no answer for it. Now, Jesus wasn't just trying to stump the Pharisees. The answer to this question is that the Messiah is God in the flesh, so he can be both David's son and also be over David. Now, if they understood this, then they would have to accept Jesus and his claims. So really, Jesus is asking this question not to stump them, but to bring the Pharisees to salvation, if they are willing. And now, a deeper dive. In the parable at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus describes a wedding feast. In the Sadducees' question, they ask about marriage and the resurrection. So, I want to talk for a minute about the wedding feast in the resurrection, and that is in Revelation chapter 19. 
I believe that this is the wedding that the king in the parable is inviting the guests to attend. But there's a twist. The guests collectively are the bride. If we accept the invitation, we collectively marry Jesus, the Lamb. Revelation 19, verse 9. And he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the banquet of the wedding celebration of the Lamb. The man was cast out of the banquet because he wasn't wearing wedding clothes. In Revelation 19, verse 8, it says, And it has been granted to her that she be dressed in bright, clean, fine linen, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. So our wedding clothes, good works, have been granted to us, but we have to put them on. And the reason why people don't marry each other in the resurrection is because marriage is a shadow of the great marriage to Jesus. Just like we don't need animal sacrifices now that we have Jesus' sacrifice, so we won't need marriage once we have the marriage to Jesus. And that is why marriage is so important now, because it is a physical picture of a spiritual reality to come. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.